Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Thursday Thoughts. I hope this podcast episode finds you well. I hope you're all having a great day and a wonderful week, and I hope things are just going great for you. I hope you've all had a wonderful holiday season. I know I have, uh, at least the beginning of it. Um, it's been a couple of weeks. Um, thanks, right after Thanksgiving, a bunch of we had a bunch of church events and things going on, and is just things just got real busy, and so I had a hard time getting to getting to recording these, and so. Uh, but I've recorded these these last couple of episodes in order to make sure we at least finish First John. I remember at the beginning of this season, I had you know. I had hoped to be able to get into second and third John as well, but the way the way the end of this year is kind of getting, especially with me going out of town back back to Alabama for some time, it's gonna be gonna be difficult to try to get there. So we're just gonna finish up first John for this season, and maybe another time we can touch on second and third John, Lord willing. But without further ado, let's get into today's text. So our last episode we covered 1 John chapter 4 verses 7 through 21 and we talked about right how love right love's a big deal um and so on and so forth right about how we get to see a beautiful description of how God is love and how you know we have to have love in our lives if we're going to be called Christians right love is a huge theme of the gospel of John really and First, second, and third John. Really, John is a big love is something he really pushes. I mean, all I feel like all the books of the Bible. Well, I say all. At least most of the writers of the New Testament, you know, mention love and how love is important and things like that. But John especially values love, and so we're going to be in First John chapter five. We're going to look at the first twelve verses to the, today, and he. We're going to see him kind of continue to talk about love, but then kind of group it with um, with faith today. And so uh, what, we'll, what we'll talk about in our passage today is that, you know, in at the end of chapter 4, it ended with a statement about our duty. You know, if we love God, we have to love our brothers also. John now elaborates the essential connection between these two loves and between them and both uh between them both, which is belief and obedience. We cannot believe in Jesus Christ without loving the Father and His children. We cannot love the Father without obeying His commands and overcoming the world. And we cannot overcome the world without believing in Jesus. And that's really the basis of what we're going to be talking about today. That's what John's going to be arguing. So this compressed paragraph here begins and ends with belief. And it's, you know, talking about, you know, what comes with belief, well, love, and obedience. The real link between the three tests is seen to be the new birth. Faith, faith, love, and obedience are all the natural growth which follows a birth from above. Just as in 1 John 4, 13-16, faith and love were shown to be evidences of the mutual indwelling of God and his people. So John's purpose in these verses is to demonstrate that there is more than adequate evidence to prove that Jesus is the Son of God who provides eternal life to all who believe in him. And so without further ado, let's get into our text. So 1 John chapter 5, we're going to read verses 1 through 12. 
And so again, I encourage you to always have your Bibles out because the way we're going to be referencing scriptures, uh, after we read it, you'll want to be able to follow it verse by verse. So starting in verse 1, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe... God has made him a liar, because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. And this is the testimony that God gave us, eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Okay, let's, let's, let's break this down. So here in verse 1, you know, 1 John 5, 1 states that all who believe that Jesus is the Christ or the Messiah have been born of God. As the book has already indicated, this requirement includes believing specifically that Jesus has come in the flesh, that he is God's son, and that he is the savior of the world. And then this, this new birth, which brings us into believing, uh, Excuse me. This new birth that brings us into, you know, this believing recognition of the eternal Son also involves us in a loving relationship with the Father and His other children. Whoever has been begotten of God or born of God naturally loves the others who have been born of Him. You know, and everyone who loves the Father loves His children as well. And they're supposed to love God, of course. In verses 2 through 3, John has said that. The test of loving God is to love others. In verse 2, he switches by saying the test of loving others is loving God. There is no contradiction between these two statements. For divine love, according to John, is uh, reciprocal in nature. Love for God is not an emotional experience so much as a moral commitment. Indeed, whether love to God or human beings, you know, agape is always practical and active. Love for our brothers and sisters expresses itself with actions and in truth, right? As we looked at in 1 John 3.18, you know, and especially in sacrificial service, 1 John 3.17 and 18. Love for God in carrying out his commands. Jesus said the same thing about the meaning of love for himself in John 14.15 and verse 21. In verse 3 of 1 John 5, it ends with a comforting words. Jesus does not weigh down his people with meaningless laws that do not affect the heart, but he gives commands that reveal to us the heart of God and direct our hearts to God. In verses 4 through 5, John returns to one of the central arguments of this epistle. 
How to Overcome the World, which includes overcoming the Gnostics' teaching that Jesus was not born of the flesh. God gives us victory through Jesus Christ. We overcome the world by believing and confessing that Jesus is the Son of God, by living the Christian life. Our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. We sing a song in church, right? Faith is the victory. Uh, the last line of the chorus, you know, this is the victory we know that overcomes the world. That's where this comes from, from 1 John 5. And so as Christians, you're able to overcome the world by believing in Jesus, by loving your neighbor, by obeying God's commandments, because it will, you'll, you'll, you won't be held down by the world's standards of greatness and what you should be and yada yada, because you'll be, you'll be beyond what the world has to offer. In 1 John 5, 6, the water and blood sum up the totality of Jesus' incarnational ministry on earth. Jesus' baptism, which is the water here, and crucifixion, the blood, frame his ministry. In support of Jesus' historical life and death, John appeals to the testimony of the Spirit. The witness of the Spirit is needed because Jesus' divinity is a scandal and stumbling block to the world. The Spirit can be trusted since He is the truth, and therefore speaks God's truth. The Spirit speaks through the Word, convicting the heart of the individual. Jesus makes a similar statement in John's Gospel concerning the role of the Spirit in, verses, in John 15, 26. Jesus says, When the Counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, He will testify about Me. Moving on, verses... 7 through 8. Now, having previously mentioned the witness, uh, the witnesses of the Spirit, John now appeals to the threefold testimony of the Spirit, the water, and the blood. The water and the blood have the same meaning as they did in verse 6. These three bear witness to the truthfulness of the person of Jesus Christ. Water and blood are personified because the Spirit is regarded as personal. The Spirit is given priority because it is the Spirit who testifies through the water and the blood. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 9, the importance of this verse is that it declares explicitly what has so far only been hinted, namely that God is the subject and Christ is the object of the threefold testimony. The Spirit, the water, and the blood all testify to Christ, and the reason why they agree is that God himself is behind it. The three witnesses form, in fact, a single divine testimony to Jesus Christ, which God has given. In the last, the last three verses, verses 10 through 12 that we read, John now discusses belief and unbelief. The one who believes in God's Son is the one who affirms God's testimony concerning his Son. John then says that those who reject God's witness make God out to be a liar, which is a serious offense. To reject the witness is to deny the truthfulness of God. In verses 11 and 12, John now forgets the unbeliever and summarizes the blessings granted to the believer who receives and responds to the testimony of God. This blessing is the blessing of eternal life in Jesus, the Son of God. And so in conclusion of today's episode, John has again stressed the importance of believing in Jesus as the Son of God, the Messiah. Eternal life is not possible apart from such belief. The words of Jesus once again ring true, something that John wrote, recorded that Jesus said in John 14, 6 in the gospel. I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No one comes to the Father except through me. That's what Jesus said. The way to life is faith, and the way to faith is testimony. The sequence of thought is the same here. God has borne witness to his Son in order that we may believe in him, and so have him, and having him, we may have life. And so the big takeaway from our podcast episode today is really that through Jesus we overcome the world. Through our faith in Christ and and how that faith is demonstrated, we overcome the world, right? Faith and obedience, not just faith. You know, I can't just believe in Jesus and not do anything. It requires faith too. You know, I have to love God. I have to love my brothers and my sisters. I have to love the people around me, God's people, God's children especially. And I need to be obedient to God's word. And if I do that and believe in Jesus and confess that he is Son of God and am born of water and spirit, as Jesus says in John 3 when he's talking to Nicodemus, then we will have eternal life through Jesus Christ. We will overcome the world. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Thursday Thoughts, and I pray it's been beneficial to you, and I hope God has spoken to you through his scriptures. Until next time, guys, God bless.